On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. A very big uh, NHL slate. Looks like we have 10 games on tap on this Thursday, so looking forward to uh, breaking them all down this Thursday show. Before we get into Thursday's card, though, we do want to take a brief look back at uh, last night. We'll do it very quickly because we do have a big slate today. Uh, Toronto with a 4-3 shootout win against Anaheim. Uh, very, very deserving win for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, took the game pretty much start to finish to the Anaheim Ducks. Controlled the play, had all the shots, had majority of the chances, uh, and certainly uh, deserved the uh, two points in that game. John Gibson was phenomenal, and it actually could have been uh, worse for Anaheim in that game if not for his performance. The Leaf power play was just on fire. They get the 4-3 win against Anaheim last night in that game. San Jose, what's wrong with Washington? Uh, a 4-1 win for the uh, San Jose Sharks uh, last night. Washington's offense just could not get anything going. That's been uh, an issue for them lately. That's now a shutout against Vegas, shutout loss. Scored against San Jose and another defeat last night. So things not coming easily for the Capitals. Uh, Calgary just brutalizing Columbus six to nothing. Truly, true embarrassment for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're giving up 62 shots on goal to the uh, Columbus uh, to the Calgary Flames last night. Uh, just absolutely dominant. Uh, the Flames. They had the puck all night. Brad Larson said that after the game. I mean, there's nothing to dissect. He said we just uh, they had the puck all night. We didn't have it. Uh, 62 shots for Calgary. Uh, poor Merzlikens, uh facing uh, 62 shots, gave up six. A uh, lot of rubber thrown his way. Uh, ugly performance. And look out for this Calgary team now. Uh, they're starting to put things together, playing well. Their top players are playing well at the moment. Uh, at, so give them credit. Kachuk's playing well. Uh, Manji Apani, uh, uh, Johnny Gaudreau stepped up lately. So there's lots to like at the moment with Calgary's game. Chicago in a wild one against Detroit. Uh, Chicago goes up 4-0. Detroit makes it 4-3. Looked like they might blow the game at one point, the Blackhawks. And then they rally in the third period in a wild high-scoring affair. Uh, eight to five win there for Chicago. Uh, Jimmy is going to join me momentarily here. And yes, he had the uh, first period and full game over of that last night. So he was definitely happy to see that. Uh, Colorado does what they've done a lot this year. It looks like maybe they're finally going to lose a home game. Just asked Toronto earlier this year. Remember, Toronto started strong and had a lead in that game and couldn't hold it. Same thing last night for the Boston Bruins. 3-1 lead, could not hold it. Colorado ties it in the final minute. Landeskog, beautiful pass to set it up as well. 3-3, and then they win it, of course, in overtime by a score of 4-3. to 
uh, thanks to a Kale McCarr uh, wrist shot from the uh, point. So uh, there we go. Of course, that game marred by the uh, Taylor Hall situation, which was not much of a situation, if you ask me. I mean, it was just a clean hit over the middle of the ice. I want to get into that, Ian. Stick hits McKinnon and gets hurt. Maybe it's something that keeps him out for a period of time. It certainly wasn't uh, a situation where we felt feeling good enough to come back in the game last night, but suddenly Colorado's looking for retribution. It was just a freak accident type of collision. You know, it reminded me a little of Corey Perry with Tavares last year in the playoffs, and the Leafs made him fit, fight Felino right after that. And, you know, Landeskog wanted to fight Hall uh, in the second period. I mean, come on. I mean, at this point in time, we're seeing teams react to the result of the hit to their player instead of, you know, what actually transpired, which was a nothing play, really. It was just a clean hit with an unfortunate, you know, situation on top of it where the stick just rides up into McKinnon's face, hits him, and, uh, unfortunate. That's just unfortunate. You know, at the end of the day, it's not a dirty hit. There was nothing intentional there. A- and yet the reaction from all of these teams in these spots, even on a clean hit or an unfortunate accident is we got to kill this guy, put him on a fucking spit. As uh, I said, referencing the Johnny sack line from the Sopranos, that's what the Colorado <laughs> avalanche were thinking with all, we want him on a spit for what, you know, just a little accident there. It was a clean hit and the stick hit. The hit that Hall threw and it hit him in the face. What can you do? I mean, it was nothing dirty or in- intentional, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, to me, it have seen a lot worse than that. And the avalanche reacted like he crushed his face into the glass or boarded him from behind or something like that or elbow to the right to the head area, right in the middle of the ice. That's the way they reacted, which to me was a little bit extreme. Uh, Jimmy Murphy with us. Uh, Jimmy, uh, thoughts on last night? And I know you want to talk about that. Taylor Hall, Nathan McKinnon play in particular. Yeah, let's start there. I guess we'll go back backwards in time. Uh, let's start with that 10 o'clock game. Yeah, look, I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I'm getting so sick and tired of this. Look, I want to go back. If you guys can find highlights of it, maybe, you know, those NHL network breakdowns or the Sportsnet breakdowns or whoever, whatever breakdown you can find of a week ago when the Washington Capitals were in Boston to play the Boston Bruins. And early in that game, Tom Wilson lay an absolute thunderous hit on, I believe, was it Anton Bly? Clean hit. But, you know, it's Tom Wilson, so obviously people are going to think dirty right away. But still, when all was said and done, I mean, I think everyone in social media really agreed. Even the, the biggest Tom Wilson haters like myself, right? That's a clean hit, and that, that's the type of hit I love, to be honest. That's the type of hit we don't see enough of in the NHL. Instead, we see cheap shots and, and dirty stick work. I love those hits. And that's, you know, and then you look later, instead of fighting him or trying to fight him, the Bruins didn't do that. Charlie McAvoy came out on his next shift and then absolutely drilled. I forget who he got there uh, behind the net there. Just a beautiful, beautiful hit, a clean hit. That's how you do it. So I have no problem if the Avs want to go and, you know, rock Taylor Hall with a nice clean hit. But to, to like, goad him into fighting like he's supposed to fight because of a clean hit and then to comment on it later and like basically say you're calling him chicken shit because he wouldn't fight you. You know what? Piss off, Gabriel Landeskog. Grow up. Be a man. It's not that's not a man's way of doing things in, in, in the hockey world. I don't know when this game became so soft that you're so insulted that we can't even like touch the stars of the game. Christ, back in the day, Pat Quinn almost took Bobby Orr's head off and they went out for beers after the game. All right, like settle down with this stuff where they have to fight or you have to use a cheap shot on a guy because he laid a clean hit on your guy. I think Jared Bednar and Landis Gog should be embarrassed with the way they're handled. I bet you even McKinnon, when he does talk, will admit it was a clean hit and had no problem with it. Maybe he should get a new stick 
You know, and maybe that's what they should do. If they're so worried about McKinnon, buy him a new stick so it doesn't go up in his face again. Because Paul didn't even touch him. So just a, a crazy, crazy play there. And then that Red Wings-Blackhawks game, man. I mean, that was like the old Norris division. Eh? That was back and forth and back and forth. And it just, I loved it. It was crazy. I know it's a coach's nightmare, but it was re- it was really fun to watch. And for anyone who had the overs in any category, uh, you were you were making some money last night. Yeah, exactly. And actually, that's not probably the way Derek King was happy because he's actually tried to get Chicago to play much good, much tighter yeah. defensively and better defensively. And I'm sure not thrilled with just an eight to five game like that. But he is happy that they were the team on the victorious side of it. Uh, and they got the uh, two points uh, in that one, 8-5 uh, last night. Um, we got Andrew McGinnis, I believe, with us. Audio today uh, for Andrew on the show. Uh, Andrew, welcome in. Uh, anything from last night that you want to discuss? Well, I, first of all, just love the passion Jimmy just displayed there. I mean, <laughs> the, the thing is, Gabriel Landeskog has been known to be a great captain, and he's a great leader, and it's pretty awesome all the time whenever you can find a guy that will drop the mitts as much as you he does and also be as skilled as he is. But like you said, with, with the advancement of technology, how often are these guys looking at tablets? These guys are on the bench every second play. Yeah, don't tell me you didn't see it. Exactly. Tell me yeah. you didn't know that happened. I mean, let's let, let's backtrack to a few nights ago. Matt Murray in the press conference talking about how that shouldn't, you know, the Aaron Dell or not the, yeah, was it Dell? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's just stuff shouldn't go on. Well, then that's a chance. I would skate down the friggin' ice and take him out. You're a goalie. Nobody else can beat the shit out of Aaron Dell but you. You're the only guy that can do it. So to me, that's the difference. I mean, Aaron Dell deserves to get his ass kicked. You know, yep. uh, Taylor Hall doesn't. You know, that was just a regular hit. It just so happens that all of a sudden one guy was super bloody. And at first, I'll be completely real with you guys. You guys know I'm, I'm a McKinnon fan. I was irate at first, right? And then 30 seconds later, I was like, oh, never mind. Because I watched the friggin' replay. You watch the like you watch the replay, and that's how it works. And you know, and the fact that these guys were still trying to go out and what's that gonna accomplish, Jimmy? Getting Taylor Hall to drop the mitts. You're gonna feel right. tough. You're gonna feel tough making Taylor Hall fight. I don't think so. So yeah, and, and you know what? It, it, it's it's like you watch it and you start, and that's it, and you move on and you admit it. Oh, okay, it's a clean hit. What I don't get is in the same breath that Landis Cog knocked Taylor Hall for not fighting. He said it was a clean hit. Literally, word for word, it was a clean hit. But, no, there is no but. It was a clean hit. It, it, that's where the well, sentence I will off. say, Jimmy, that's let's that. not forget what happened last year in the playoffs when Corey Perry's knee accidentally hits John Tavares yep. and somehow he has to fight. He Nick just brought Arena. that up before you got on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. that's, Corey Perry, was he had to eat like three or four punches. Corey Perry barely even threw a punch in that fight, and then all of a sudden things are better. It, that's ridiculous. Stupid. You know, it's stupid. And then Jason Spezza this year knees somebody in the head and Leafs fans are getting mad at the suspension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's uh, absolutely crazy. I mean, it's just uh, clean hits get uh, just incite a reaction from the team that has their player at the uh, uh, victimized end of the clean hit. I mean, it's just wow. I mean, <laughs> I can see if it's, you know, something that it's malicious, you know, dangerous. You know, you're threatening someone's, you know, physical well-being. That was not that play. And if anything, it's just bad luck, you know, that the stick ends up hitting uh, McKinnon the way it did. But just in, uh, crazy to see just the co- reactions are just 
irate and anger. And we, we must have our pound of flesh every time we see something like that uh, these days. Uh, but that's the, uh, that's the way we've seen it a lot lately play out uh, in recent games with uh, incidents and situations like that. All right, let's turn well, our attention to this. Yesterday, guys, I thought it was yeah. so interesting. Two, two periods where the Flames get 23 shots on goal. The Jackets get 23 shots yeah. the entire game. <laughs> I know, just a brutal performance from uh, Columbus. But we'll see how they respond tonight. You know, this will be, and we'll talk about that when we get to the Rangers and the uh, Blue Jackets. Uh, Carolina and Ottawa as we start our Thursday breakdown. Uh, Hurricanes and Senators. Carolina minus 250 uh, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. The uh, Hurricanes uh, obviously coming off a, a nice win against Vegas, 4-3 in their last game. Uh, so they've now won four of their last five games, uh, four straight overs uh, for Carolina. How about that? They have definitely, their offense is just uh, a machine at the moment. Seven, six, four, four goals in the last four games uh, for the Hurricanes. So they've potted a grand total of 21 goals uh, in their last four games combined. So this is a team that is feeling it, getting contributions from everybody uh, offensively right now. Sebastian Ajo, 19 goals on the year. They're averaging 3.6 goals per game. Need a rider with 12 goals as well. I mean, they, they're getting uh, Marty Natchez has played pretty well offensively lately for them as well. For the uh, Hurricanes, we know this team's got some solid depth. We'll see if they can keep it going here against Ottawa. Ottawa back-to-back -back wins for the Senators against uh, – you know, inferior competition, but uh, they beat Columbus and Buffalo uh, in the uh, last two games. We'll see how they fare here against the uh, Hurricanes. You know, the, the better teams on their schedule have been the ones that have kind of done them in uh, of late. You know, they lose to uh, Tampa Bay, to Toronto, to Pittsburgh, Washington. You know, it's been the better teams where they've uh, fallen short. We'll see how this one goes here. I do lean to the over a little bit. It's a small bet for me, six and a half, but I think it's worth a look here. Uh, in this game, I know Batherson, obviously the huge loss for the uh, Aaron De in the Aaron Dell uh, collision that he had the other night, which means he's out indefinitely. That will hurt the Senators a little bit. But this could be one of those spots where the Ottawa Senators and at home, Ottawa's been able to find the back of the net and scores and goals. They've been a pretty decent offensive team at home in particular this year, averaging close to three goals per game. If they get that tonight, I think it's fair to say Carolina can get to three. And there's a good chance for this game to go over the total. Freddie Anderson in net for the uh, Hurricanes. We don't have the starting goalie confirmed yet for Ottawa. Projected to be Matt Murray, just not uh, confirmed as of yet. What I do know about Murray is I don't trust him off a good start. And he shut out Buffalo uh, a couple nights ago. But you look at his track record this year. One goal allowed to the Rangers. He gave up five in the next start. One goal to Calgary. He gave up four in the next start to Edmonton. It's been that kind of year for Murray where he has one really terrific performance and he's not able to follow it up. Well, first of all, he had that against Buffalo. Now you got to face, you know, this terrific Carolina team. It's going to be much more difficult. And again, inconsistency has been the one consistent for Matt Murray this year. So I think we'll get to see enough to get this game over six and a half. Jimmy, your thoughts here, Carolina, Ottawa. Yeah. I mean, I hate those six and a halfs, but I mean, yeah, with the, with the way these two teams are, both teams can score. Ottawa, obviously not that great defensively. Um, you know, I'm going to go with that as well, but I'm definitely going to jump, even though the value is not great. I'm going to jump on that over uh, one and a half in, in the first period as well. I know, it, you know, you may, might even be better off parlaying that with something if you could, because you're not getting the great value straight up, but I, I just can't resist that as well. Uh, as for the game and the side there, uh, I'm going to go with the Ottawa Senators as my underdog uh, here. I, I, I like them. I like them as a live dog right now. I, 
I like this spot. I think they can sneak up on the Canes here. People don't take the Senators seriously, and, and they've shown sometimes they can burn teams when they do that. So give me the Sens in the upset here. Like in Ottawa, I don't hate taking shots with Ottawa here, you know, in the in these underdog spots at all. Um, you know, the question is, can they uh, overcome it here? The uh, Carolinas back home after this against uh, New Jersey uh, and San Jose. So uh, definitely when you look at this spot here, it's a one game road trip and then back home. That's kind of a weird spot. I could see Ottawa. I could see Ottawa hanging around in this yeah. game. And we'll see if they and, and don't uh, forget, you know, I mean, as Justin Falk made it obvious. I mean, yeah. <laughs> these players don't like going into Canada right now. It's a pain in the ass, obviously, with yeah. the restrictions. So. Um, it, it's just it probably like the attitude. Like, really, I gotta be up here just for one game. I mean, just get me the hell out of here. So yeah, I think it's a good situational spot for the sense. Yeah, well, definitely. I think it does. It's a decent spot for Ottawa. The problem is, I think I still think Carolina still Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, it's just better. And they're they're one of those teams, Jimmy, that has not had to drop off their home ice performance to their road performance. Like there's a bunch of teams, Dallas, St. Louis. There's yes, so great they, point much better at home compared to on the road. And yet Carolina's got as many road wins as they do home wins this year. That's why they truly are, in my opinion, a cup contender, among many other reasons why I think they're a cup contender. Forward depth, terrific blue line that are good at both ends of the ice. So lots to like with Carolina. Uh, Andrew, Carolina, Ottawa. Yeah, I just have this funny feeling about this game where we're just going to see an absolute bloodbath. I think it's going to be just goals all over the place. I, I, I don't like six and a half, just like Jimmy said. But I'll be happy to take it in this one. I think Carolina gets theirs. I think Ottawa contributes as well. I think this game lacks defense. And if Ottawa can get a few pass ready, um, then I think that, the, you know, we can get this one over the total. I had a small lean to the plus one and a half on Ottawa. Uh, just because I, I really do think they can hang around. And all the stuff Jimmy said I agree with, with the home team here. Just the depth of Carolina kind of scares me. So I feel like if I like Ottawa here, I also like the over. Because I, I, I can't see Ottawa containing Carolina to just two or three goals. So if that's the case, if Ottawa gets a few goals themselves, yeah. I think we'll get over the total. And, and Ian, I'm going to jump into, let me get a, a team total tongue twisted here for me today. Team total over two and a half for the Ottawa Senators. I mean, two and a half is great. Give me that two and a half any day. Yeah. Two and a half, even money huh, with the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, over uh, two and a half goals here. Uh, plus uh, at even money here. Uh, in this one. All right. Next up, we've got uh, what is that someone we've got from Adelaide, Australia watching? Like, this is incredible. It seems like we've got new names and new people in the in our YouTube chat. That's every awesome. Day Thank you, Grant. On the uh, Ice Guys show. It's it's growing. I mean, the numbers are just they're popping. Subscriber counts cool. on the channel are going up. Podcast downloads are a monthly record this month. Uh, video views terrific on YouTube. So uh, and we see new faces and new names in the chat every day. It means a lot to us. We uh, ex uh, appreciate it. Uh, and tell everybody you know about the only seven days a week NHL betting show anywhere right here, the Ice Guys. Uh, make sure you tell everyone about it. Anaheim, Montreal. We've got Anaheim minus 135 uh, road favorites, uh, five and a half the total here uh, in this game. Uh, of course, this is an interesting uh, game from for both of these teams from a situational standpoint, because it's really not a great spot for either team. Montreal's coming off a long road trip, a very long uh, road trip. They've been on the road forever. Like since the Christmas break, this team has been on the road, 10 straight road games, uh, Tampa, Carolina, Florida, Boston, Chicago, Arizona, Dallas, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota. And now they're back home. This is a horrible spot for Montreal. Horrible. It's not the greatest though for Anaheim. You know, Anaheim, though, on the back-to-back, -back, they were in Toronto last week. It's their third road game in four nights. 
Uh, Anthony Stolarz is going to be in net after uh, Gibson got the start last night against Toronto. Of course, he has been, uh, you know, away for the, from the team and on uh, protocol for a little bit uh, for, for the uh, Ducks. Uh, he hasn't started since January 14th, which was a couple weeks ago. Gave up six goals in that game against uh, Minnesota. So he kind of struggled in that one. And he's given up three plus in three straight starts uh, for the uh, Ducks uh, coming into this one. But, you know, when you look at Anaheim, uh, they weren't thrilled with their performance last night. Even though they got a point out of it, Gibson got them the point. They were thoroughly outplayed, thoroughly outchanced, thoroughly outshot. There's emphasis on them bouncing back here. Uh, the, the guy that's filling in for Dallas Aikens behind the bench because he's in protocol, Mike Stuthers, basically said, you know, we just didn't have a lot of push tonight. Uh, I think they probably have a better effort tonight. And look, you're playing a much more inferior team. I'm going to take Anaheim here on the road, the Quackers in this one, minus 135. And I'm also on over five and a half here as well. Montreal, to me, just looks like one of these teams, guys, where they're still getting some chances, still capable of, you know, contributing a couple of goals on a nightly basis, but they're going to give up a whole hell of a lot. And we certainly saw that in the Minnesota game. I mean, giving up, you know, three, four, five goals has been a routine occurrence for Montreal. They're going to turn to Caden Primo, who, to be honest with you, you know, was good against, pretty good against Colorado, but that's why he's Caden Primo. You know, he's just not capable one start to the next being sharp again. And obviously it was a very rough night for him against Minnesota the other night. So there should be some goals aplenty here, especially when you got the fatigue factor with the Ducks on this road trip, third road game in four nights. But I do think they've got enough here to get the win. I just think that's a reasonable price for, to me, still the better team. And the spots cancel each other out. It's not the greatest spot for Anaheim. It's just as bad a spot though for Montreal if not worse they've been on the road forever and now you're coming back home you've been on, traveling here there and everywhere for a month straight tending the family back home and all that stuff uh, it's not a great spot for Montreal Anaheim I think can still power through and do what it takes to get this win and I'm also going to go over five and a half uh, Jimmy Ducks and Habs well you know what Ian it's a rare occasion we we are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum here uh look I, I i i get everything you're saying there and usually team especially from a long road trip like that where really if you think about it yeah they're coming off a seven game road trip now but technically they never played a home game between that first of the seven game trip and their last home game on december 18th they yeah before christmas was the last time they played at home yeah, yeah. So, so it's really like it's really a 10 game road trip because they had that pause in between but they never actually played on home ice those games are postponed um yeah i mean it, it has all the recipes for that flat first game back at home start however just based on what i've been seeing and talking to these guys on this road trip and everything they've been wanting to go through and, and how excited they are to just get back home and and be at the Bell Center, even though it's going to be empty. Uh, that's another thing you got to say. Well, then why would you go with the Habs even with that? It's just going to be like a like a Morgan there. I just I don't know. I feel like they're going to come out hard. They're going to take advantage of a tired Anaheim team. Anaheim with a tough loss last night. Um, I I just got a gut feeling on the Habs here, and and that's why I'm going to take them in regulation to win this one. And also, I'm going to take the under five and a half. So I'm going to go the other way on the uh, over-under as well because uh, factor in that empty arena. It's tough to get yourself going in a place like that. I could see that playing a role in terms of scoring. All right, like in Montreal here in the uh, in regulation, which you can get uh, a, a really good number with that, plus 170 for uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, in 
uh, regulations. So we'll see uh, how this one plays out. Uh, Andrew, uh, Anaheim, Montreal. Yeah, no, no play on the side for me. I'm just on the over just because I think that there is just certain, like situationally for both teams, you know, we've got one team, East Coast road trip, you know, played a lot of tough teams recently, put up five on Boston, put up three against the Leafs, overtime game, second half of a back-to-back. Montreal hasn't been home in so long, like you said. They played Minnesota. They played Colorado. They played Vegas. Anaheim is not Vegas. Anaheim is not Colorado. They're not Minnesota, I don't think. And they're they're trending downwards, but they can still score some goals. So, look, I, I don't – obviously, I'm a Has fan, but as far as my overbet, I'm just hoping for goals. And I think that you look at these games here, Mike Hoffman, he's been getting it going. The chemistry with Toffoli and Suzuki has been nice to see. These guys, in some of the losses for the Canadians, have still been impressing me. Even though they got blown out in a couple games, I've liked what I've seen to get me over five and a half goals. So I'm just on the over here. I think it's a travel situational spot here that I can't ignore. And hopefully that leads to some sloppiness, which will lead to some goals. And, but All like right. says, I, I don't, I would love to have 21,000 people screaming their heads off. Don't get me wrong. It would help the over a little bit, I think, but. Yeah, I think there is a part of that team that's excited to get home, but the problem is physically, is it going to match their minds and their hearts? That's the question tonight, Montreal. You know, it's physically just a grind when you've been on the road that long to play well first game at home. So, yeah, but again, Anaheim's in a challenging spot too. That's why it's fascinating to see which uh, which of the, these two teams can overcome their situation and put the win on the board tonight. Guys, and Montreal still a hell of a bank. Yeah, um, get a prop in for the Montreal Canadiens. He's been playing well on the first line. Uh, he lit the lamp, I think it was Saturday, is our Tory Lekkinen. Uh, this guy's probably going to get moved before the deadline. Isn't it? The chat around his name is pretty high right now. So uh, he's playing well. He's increasing his trade value, and he's helping them out on the first line there. He probably gets a great value. I haven't looked at it, but I was just thinking of it uh, for our listeners and viewers out there. Could be a great uh, goal prop tonight. All right, there we go. Uh, liking the uh, goal prop here with uh, uh, him tonight, our Tory Lekkinen for the Habs. Uh, yeah, very interesting uh, to see how this one uh, plays out tonight with the uh, Ducks uh, and the Canadians. I'm just amazed. I'm looking at it right now, just how many people are still out from Montreal. I mean, Dvorak and Jake Allen and Yoel Armia and Paul Byron and Cole Caulfield and Jonathan Drouin and Joel Edmondson and Brendan Gallagher and Matthew Perot. And, you know, and they, of course, Carey Price hasn't even played a game and won't be anytime soon. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's still, even though they've gotten a lot back, there's still a lot out. <laughs> for Montreal it's just yeah. uh it's been that kind of year for them Joel Armier and Cole Caulfield are stuck in Wisconsin still yeah exactly so it's just been uh that kind of season for them LA Kings New York Islanders Islanders minus 130 to minus 135 uh home favorites five and a half the total shaded uh to the under in this one Kings continuing their uh East Coast trip the Islanders seven and two in their last nine games let's give them credit they're playing better but again all the wins, for the most part, in that nine-game stretch have been bad teams they beat. You know, a lot of Philly wins, you know, Buffalo, New Jersey, you know, a lot of bad teams. I, w- I still want to see how they fare against good teams. L.A. is probably in between. They're not a bad team, but they're not a great team uh, either. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if the Islanders can take care of business here. Kings have lost four of their last five. They beat New Jersey to start this road trip but fell in a shootout. Valiant effort from the Kings, though, 3-2 in a shootout losing to the Rangers the other night kind of do lean to LA a little bit here at this plus price, maybe a small bet on that. But uh, other than that, I'm probably going to stay off. Um, we'll see. I'm going to give the Islanders a chance to show if they can keep it going, but 
tempted with this Kings plus price, though. I will say that. I would lean that way. If I were to bet it, it would be the Kings at the plus price. I'm not laying anything yet with this Islanders team. Life and death to beat Philly the other night, which doesn't say a whole lot. Jimmy, what do you think here? Kings, Islanders. This, this game's a pass for me, guys. I don't have a good feel either way. I, I'm with you. These are two teams that I'm still trying to figure out right now. If I, you know, if I had to be forced, I might jump on it in the game and see how it's going. If I was forced, you put a gun to my head, I'm taking LA here, actually. I, I just don't, I don't like, there's something about the Islanders, man. Every time you think they're going to get it going, and really, they're running out of runway. Uh, if they want any chance to sniff the playoffs right now, uh, every time that you think they're going to get it going, they have a fallback. And you're right, they don't play good against great teams. LEA isn't a great team, so maybe there's – I don't know. I, I can't figure this one out. I'll pass. All right, and 10-2 and two to the under for the Kings, their last – excluding yeah, one push in their last right. 13 road games. So the Kings have really been trending under on – this kind of feels like an under, but the odds makers aren't giving you a bargain. I mean, it's five and a half, heavily juiced to the under, and there's even a couple books with five. And, wow, you don't see that very often wow. these days. Especially this the, late total, season. Uh, in this game. But it does feel like it's one of these two-to-one, three-to-one – uh, type of games it really does now the islanders did go over the total against philly but that was more the martin jones effect you know leading that game to going uh, over the total it's not necessarily the kind of game they want to get into routinely andrew uh kings islanders i actually uh bet this last night at five guys over so obviously i still kind of like the five and a half but i love that five for insurance totals are the only thing i don't mind kind of having juice on i mentioned this yesterday on the show um, I ran through some stats yesterday for the LA Kings and I, I'm not always an expected goals guy and dangerous opportunities guy. Cause what you have to, you have to show it. The stats don't matter, but I was kind of interested when I saw this from the LA Kings, because the Islanders have kind of surprised me. Some of the games they've played in, look at that game against Philly, the massive losing streak they're on. It was back-to-back games against Philadelphia. They went to uh, extra time against. I think we see goals from both teams here. And the Islanders, look who they've played recently. Look who they've defeated. The Red Wings, the Philadelphia Flyers. Do it against the LA Kings, a team that's actually known to be pretty respectable. And I think they'll get their own goals. I think they'll get involved, but I'm not so sure they can contain LA either. So I'm on the over five, but I will take five and a half too. All right, liking the over, taking advantage of, again, a total we don't see very often here, five or five and a half here with the uh, Kings uh, and the uh, Islanders. All right, New Jersey and Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay minus 350, uh, home favorites, uh, six and a half the total in this game. Of course, New Jersey uh, just ripped apart by Dallas, 5-1 the other night. They're an absolute crisis with their goaltending because there's no John Bernier, there's no Mackenzie Blackwood. And yeah, Blackwood's not been good, but you know, I was hoping that there wouldn't be as look, Blackwood's really struggled this year. And I was thinking, boy, maybe there's not going to be as much of a downgrade as people think. But Akira Schmidt was pretty god awful the last game against Dallas uh, for New Jersey. And John Gillies has not necessarily been a whole lot better uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils. He's given up three goals uh, or more in all three of his starts. He gave up one goal in relief. Uh, the other night against Dallas, but in three starts with the Devils, he's given up uh, 10 goals uh, in three starts. So this is just not a really good situation here. This is a spot where, look, it's moved to four and a half. I actually jumped on this um, overnight, and I got minus 150 on Tampa Bay team total over three and a half. Four and a half, I'd still say you might be able to go ahead and play that, but I don't know if I'd want a four and a half team total. But it just feels like we've got a spot here where the uh, lightning, uh, when you look at it, 
they should be able to find the back of the net here. The Devils just have too many issues with their goaltending to be able to trust them at this point in time. And yes, uh, it means I'd also lean over the full game as well. I'd just rather bank on New Jersey, though, doing the bulk of the uh, or sorry, Tampa Bay, I should say, uh, doing the bulk of the scoring here in this one. It is worth noting, too, from a, a series history standpoint, Devils uh, versus Lightning. Uh, 6-1-2 and two to the over in the last nine head-to-head meetings between them. Uh, they played earlier this year in Tampa, and it was 5-3 New Jersey, getting the outright win as an underdog in that game uh, against the Lightning. And when you look at Tampa, too, they're coming off a long road trip. Well, not a long road trip, but it was a three-gamer against uh, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose. They have had a few days to kind of recalibrate. Still could see them maybe yield a goal or two to New Jersey. So the Tampa Bay team total over. I've already bet it at 3.5. I don't know if I'd sit bet it at four and a half now but that's pretty much all you can see him at every book at the moment i'd still lean that way and as well to the six and a half to the over uh in this game with the devils and the lightning and even though i like tampa bay's team total i do like um uh jesper bratt goal scorer prop for new jersey this guy's on fire right now for them a cash to goal scorer prop which he scored the only goal for new jersey against dallas he's been on a roll you're still getting a terrific price with him uh, as well to uh, score uh, in this game. I mean, you're t- talking about a guy that's been chipping in and producing uh, routinely uh, in recent games for the uh, Devils, and you can still find him here uh, at a terrific uh, price right now to score for the uh, New Jersey Devils. So uh, definitely a jump on that. Jesper Bratt, plus 400, I'm seeing. I mean, what a great mm-hmm. price that is uh, for a guy that's really fine in the back of the net right now. Yeah, Tampa will have no Nikita Kucherov, yes, in COVID protocol uh, for the Lightning, but how many times have we said in the past They've overcome injuries and absences before, and there's still so much offensive depth on this team that I'm not overly concerned about that. Uh, they can find ways to overcome that, in my opinion, especially New Jersey's just, you know, they got issues in, their, in between the pipes right now, and you don't want that against the Lightning. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Devil's Lightning? I mean, I really like the Lightning, but there's not much value no matter where you look at it, except maybe if you do, even when you do the team total, over there, you're not getting the best value as well. But what you can get some value on when it comes to the Tampa Bay Lightning is for them to have a great start. And if you do the three-way money line, you know, regulation in the first period, you're getting them at a minus 105, which I'm seeing right now, pretty much even money there. So give me that as my play for this game. Yeah, it's going to be John Gillies and net. It's got to be. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but, you know, they can't put Schmid back in there. Uh, he's just not been good at all. He's been worse. Uh, but still, this is a tough ask here against uh, Tampa Bay, in my opinion. Andrew, what do you think here, New Jersey, Tampa? Well, just like Jimmy said, it, I mean, this is a game where you, you you wake up, you look at the board, and you're like, oh my god, you know, let me call the mortgage broker and uh, <laughs> line up here, and uh, you know, bet on Tampa. <laughs> but uh, but in all seriousness, this is a game where it's hard to find value different ways. And just like Jimmy took a look at that first period, I still, guys, don't understand how the odds for the first period puck line can be so much better than the full game puck line or the full game team total. It, I understand it's only 20 minutes, um, but a great comment here from Rich talking about the rest Tampa Bay has. And yeah. out of a lot of team in the league, I, I, teams in the league, I don't mind Tampa Bay having lots of rest. Good. And no Cooch tonight, guys, uh, but I'll still expect them to have a good night. Could make for a good prop night too without Kucherov. Look for some secondary guys to score. Vegas and Florida here. We've got Florida minus 160, home favorites, six and a half the total. Spot perspective, kind of like Anaheim, Montreal. Not a great spot for Vegas. They've been on the road now. I think it's their third road game in four nights. They had the back-to-back in Washington and in Carolina. 
Give the Golden Knights credit, by the way. They came back to tie it against Carolina, lost in overtime. They've got an incredible amount of resilience and heart, this team, right now, with as shorthanded and depleted as they are. Let's not forget who's still missing in action for the Golden Knights here on this road trip. Mm -hmm. Talking about Martinez and Pacioretty, uh, you know, and Mark Stone was missing uh, and company. But it looks like they are having some good news on the Mark Stone front. Uh, He is going to be back tonight for uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Riley Smith went on protocol, too. Uh, prior uh, to the uh, Washington game. So he's missed the last couple. Will he be back tonight is a question, but at least Mark Stone's out of protocol now and will return to the lineup tonight uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights as they take on Florida. And they need all offensive hands on deck that they can get because we know who they're taking on. They're taking on a Florida team that they score goals in bunches routinely, but it's especially been the case at home. And now they're back home in their goal-scoring palace, uh, if you will, uh, that is what Florida has treated their home rink like all year long. It's amazing that they average 4.02 goals per game overall. That number jumps to 4.75 goals per game at home. You know, almost five goals per game on home ice here for this uh, Florida Panthers team. Uh, we've talked about how they've scored, you know, four, five, six, seven goals routinely at home. Uh, that has definitely been the case. They've been an over machine at home. You know, and then, you know, we talked about on the road, they were a little bit more quiet offensively. They weren't quite as potent offensively away from home, but that has not been the case uh, at home for Florida. They've been absolutely terrific in terms of their ability uh, to score goals. They are uh, 16 and five to the over in their last 21 home games, 16 and five over the total, their last 21 home games. And that's what I'm going to look at here over six and a half. Keep it simple. How many of those overs in, with Florida at home did I bet before that road trip of theirs? I think I was on every Florida over, and it came in uh, pretty much every time. you, you got to expect Vegas can find the back of the net here. It looks like Spencer Knight's going to be the goalie for Florida. He's had a, I don't want to say a sophomore slump, but kind of, you can say, for the uh, Panthers this year. Uh, he was better in the last start he had against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. That was promising for him. One goal allowed. Before that, he got hammered by Calgary and still overall on the year. He's got a 3.31 goals against and an 896 save percentage. Mm. So that isn't uh, necessarily great. But I think you'll see Florida score some goals as well. Leonard will probably be a net for the uh, Golden Knights tonight, coming off a shutout. Terrific performance against uh, Washington. But prior to that, he had given up 10 goals and three starts against Montreal, Pittsburgh, and Toronto. So uh, he bounced back in that game. But again, how much do you want to factor in the bounce back for Leonard being such a great performance? He's back on track. No, maybe it was just Washington can't put a puck in the ocean right now. That could be it as well. The Capitals with one goal now in their last two games combined. Leonard with a much stiffer challenge tonight against this Florida team on home ice. So I think we get there with the over. Shop around because there's some sevens out there with this total. But a lot of books, including our good friends who sponsor the Hockey Podcast Network and our show at DraftKings have a six and a half with some juice, minus 140, but I'd rather pay the juice to get six and a half rather than the seven. So Golden Knights, Panthers over six and a half for me. Jimmy, Vegas, Florida. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a good one, I think. I think this could be the best game on the slate tonight, uh, even with the injuries uh, still. Just uh, two contenders going at it. They know this is kind of a showcase game. They don't get to see each other that often, what, twice a year if they're lucky. So I, I like this game a lot, and I because of it, I just think we're in for a dandy. I'm going with the draw here, boys. I'm sensing an overtime here, and I'm also going to take the team total over on goals for the Vegas Golden Knights. 
I could see that I could definitely there's a, some people in our chat that are liking this game to um liking this game to be uh, uh, close and competitive and maybe a draw as well. I could see that. Yeah, I could definitely uh, see that here a little bit in this one. I mean, Vegas especially, you know, three of their last five games have gone beyond regulation. They had a shootout game against Toronto, overtime game against Montreal, uh, overtime game uh, against Carolina the other night. Uh, this could be one of those games where you do sprinkle on that draw. And, of course, you can get that at a pretty uh, solid price here. Uh, in this one, if I were to bet a side, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't lay the price with Florida. They're coming off a long road trip. Not a great spot for them. Can't say it's necessarily a great spot for Vegas. Their third road game in four nights. Maybe you'd just take a shot with that draw. That is probably what I would do. You can get that at plus 350 uh, in this game with the draw between the Golden Knights and the Panthers. Uh, this is probably the game of the night. I would agree with that on paper, at least. Andrew, what do you think here? Vegas, Florida. Have you guys seen much about uh, Martinez yet? Yeah, he still is questionable where I've looked. Yeah, questionable. Not sure yeah. as of right now. And Riley Smith, the same thing. Now, usually you only miss two games, or sometimes you can only miss two games out of protocol. But the last I've heard, Martinez is still in protocol, and Smith is still in protocol. And right. we got to assume they're out tonight at the moment. Yeah, look, guys, I'll be honest. I mean, when I looked at this board, <laughs> when I was looking over all the games today, it kind of scared me a bit how many overs I like today. You know, it was one of those days I expected goals in lots of matchups. This is kind of one of them, too. You mentioned, Ian, the different spots for these two teams. Florida playing at home the way they play. And then kind of the mixed bag of gains we've seen out of the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, it kind of does worry me. We saw that one nothing win over Washington. But when Washington couldn't put a, you know, uh, puck in the ocean right now if they're on a boat, I mean, that's really it's not really anything too worrisome if they only had to, had to win one nothing. But Vegas has been involved in some higher-scoring games, you know, and they're giving up some goals as well. Look against Toronto, Pittsburgh, yep. uh, Winnipeg. So uh, Florida's, you know, up there with the elites of the elite. So I feel like they'll be able to do it as well. And, you know, coming off games against, you know, Seattle, Winnipeg, I feel like we're going to be able to see this Florida team back at home give up some chances but also trade goals. So, you know, obviously we can sit here and talk about the six and a half, but I'll tell you what, guys, these six, I, I don't have a stat for this, you know, obviously, but the amount of times I've seen a six and a half and I've been able to get like six or five and a half in game, it's impeccable. I mean, I'm still going to recommend the six and a half, but the amount of times we might even see a game fall on six or, or just get there to the seven. I mean, you wait five minutes, like eight minutes and, and all of a sudden you're going to get a six. You know, you're going to get rid of that hook at the end. And if you're someone that really cares about that stuff, it, it really does make a difference, you know? So I like the over here. I think these teams can trade goals, but this could be a good in-game spot if both teams start slow here, guys. Exactly. This could be, and Alex B. Smith is a proponent of this routinely on the show, saying if you don't like the number, if you like the over and you think there's goals, and, you know, it's hard to disagree, but you don't like six and a half and laying a price, or you certainly don't like seven, you wait five minutes into the game and you see if you get a slow start. Maybe you get a scoreless first five minutes, hell, even a first 10 minutes. And all of a sudden you're going to get uh, a better uh, price and in-game number uh, with the uh, over at that point in time. So keep that in mind. I think Mason Marchment's a good sprinkle for a goal scorer prop tonight as well. I'm seeing the shots on goal numbers all of a sudden skyrocket for him. He scored two goals and had three points against Winnipeg the other night. I know we always think of Carter Verhage and Jonathan Huberdo and Alexander Barkov and Anthony Duclair and Sam Bennett when it comes to goal scoring for the Florida Panthers. Don't sleep on Mar uh, Mason Marchment, son of Brian Marchment. So I think got a little more skill 
to be quite honest with you, than <laughs> Brian Marchment did. Uh, but definitely, I think he could, he could find the back of the net here. He's uh, getting chances nightly, getting shots on goal uh, nightly. Uh, something to consider, at least, for this game. All right, before we get to our next game, let's talk DraftKings Sportsbook. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs. That means four, only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer, you can still experience the conference championship games with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum five, uh, $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling pro Problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, Seattle-Pittsburgh. We've got Pittsburgh minus 330. Home favorites, six the total here, shaded to the over uh, in this game. Uh, this one I don't have a strong feel on either way. Um, Pittsburgh certainly uh, bounced back after a little bit of a lethargic start against Arizona. It really was a lethargic start. They were down 3-1 at one point, and they just uh, – it was like an avalanche and a snowball – Rolling downhill after that, uh, they turn a uh, three to one deficit uh, into a uh, six to three win over the uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, the other night uh, after falling. Actually, they were down three two, not three one, and then they uh, erupted for four unanswered uh, to get the six uh, three win uh, in that game and outshot Arizona thirty six sixteen. So uh, you know a Pittsburgh team that you know you look at it, the stats say they carried the play. Seattle ended the homestand with a loss to Nashville. Now they're going to go on the road here and have to face this red-hot Pittsburgh team. And Pittsburgh's just uh, un, uh, incapable of losing at the moment because they didn't play a great game against Winnipeg, but found a way to win in a shootout. They didn't play a great, great game for 60 full minutes against Arizona the other night, but found a way to win again, 6-3. Uh, to three. And, of course, we've talked about how this team, now that they're fully healthy for the most part, you know, the only major injuries they still have are Jason Zucker, uh, and Teddy Bluger, uh, who just uh, went on IR uh, recently for them. They're fully healthy right now. Crosby, Malkin's back and played well. Gensel, Brian Rust has been terrific for about a month now offensively. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen's chipped in. Evan Rodriguez has chipped in. A formidable bunch right now uh, with this Penguins team. I'm not betting the side or the total. The only thing I would consider here is maybe the team total, but it's too juiced. You know, you're talking minus 170. I'm even seeing minus 200 on an over three and a half here uh, on the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's just too much for me, so I'm probably going to stay off the game. Uh, Jimmy Kraken, Penguins. Yeah, I'm off the game as well, but I, I do have a prop on this, and I'm going to go with old 87. He, he, he's he been on fire for the Pittsburgh Penguins lately, really up in his game. And and it's it's just, you know, like you said, every time you think this team is down, they just come back. I mean, at what point do people start considering them legit Stanley Cup contenders? Because that's exactly what they are. And Sidney Crosby is right there at the top, just helping them out. So uh, a goal and two assists in his last game, I think he keeps it going. 
give me Sydney to score tonight. And you know why I think we, we can now officially call them a factor and a contender, especially for the cup now? Another one of these teams, Pittsburgh, there's no home road dichotomy with this team. There isn't. Nope. This team is able to win on the road, and we've seen that. They've got a thir- they've got 13 home wins. They've got 14 road wins. You know, this team has been able to win games away from home. They've been able to obviously defend home ice as well. And again, they've got everybody back. They've actually got their blue line intact as well. You know how many times over the last couple seasons we've seen games where, oh, no Chris Letang, games right. with, oh, no Brian Dumoulin, games with, oh, no John Marino uh, or, or Matheson. You go on down the list. They've usually had one or multiple defensemen out at some point all season long, and they've got everybody there now for Pittsburgh. And you're seeing what this team can be fully healthy with the forward complement intact with Malkin being back. And of course, all starting defensemen and blue liners in there. Pretty damn good hockey team at the moment. And it doesn't hurt either that finally Tristan Jari, who I gave a ton of grief to in the playoffs last year has played a lot better. He's a best of a trophy candidate, Ian. I mean, it is what it is. So you know, like, well, you, yeah, you can't you can't just base it like on what he did last year. People need to get over last year and live in the present right now. And in the present, he is a Vesner Trophy candidate. He's played well. Two point one two goals against nine twenty six yeah. save percentage. Strong numbers across the board. Andrew, Seattle, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I was on uh, with our our pal Marenzi like a couple months ago, and I we looked at the board, and I saw twelve to one win the East, twenty four to one win the Cup. Unfortunately, I waited myself until it was down to nine to one for the Penguins to win the East. But man, they've looked good ever since then. And so I'm pumped about having that wager. And the biggest thing is, number one, they don't take their foot off the gas pedal ever. They're not like they're, you know, they're a show off team where they're going to, you know, run scores up by any means or, you know, flashy celebrations or whatever. But this is a team that does not lose focus. And you guys know what happened the last time these two teams met. The question is, do we really expect anything to change? And just like Jimmy went with us as a goal prop, I'm going to go with Jake Gensel to score tonight. Brian, last game they played, he was involved. Brian Russ got involved. Uh, Sid played well. So many guys were getting involved. Jake Gensel has had an unbelievable season, and he's constantly getting his shot count up. He's constantly finding himself in great areas. And the line mates he plays with are always looking to feed him. So Jake Gensel... Pretty good price for him. I think it's around plus 120, something like that for him. So I like that. I want to go with the team total here with the pens, uh, but I, I, it's going to probably just be a prop game for me, guys. So I yeah. uh, haven't really decided the full card. Let, let's be honest here. Seattle is the most inconsistent team. We don't know what you're going to get from Seattle any night at all. Is Jordan Everly going to be on the ice or is Ian going to have to get his telescope out and look for him? Because we, we, we don't know. I mean, we have to get that, make that T-shirt uh, for you, Ian, with yep. Jordan Everly and, and those guys because we don't know if they're going to be out there or not. And that's the thing with the – I don't think, guys, I've bet on the Kraken and no joke, like three months. <laughs> it's been fade them or bet the over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it's been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is just a game that I've, 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 I'm lukewarm on it. I've, Penguins team total. Uh, maybe if Pittsburgh's a little – you know, they are – facing an expansion team maybe they're just you know a little lackadaisical in their own end if that's the case that certainly could lead you toward over six uh, in this game a couple of leans but i don't know if i'll end up pulling the trigger either way uh new york rangers columbus we've got the rangers minus 180 road favorites six the total uh, in this game uh we've got columbus off just in a terrible game last night it's you can't win a game when you don't have the puck all night 
And that's essentially what it was against Calgary. You got to give Calgary credit. They are really starting to turn up that Daryl Sutter defensive yeah. play. Like back in the Kings days when they were winning cups with uh, Daryl behind the bench there. Uh, so, you know, give the uh, Flames credit uh, for really starting to play some sound play in their own end. You know, they've rolled past uh, St. Louis. And, of course, uh, they uh, destroyed Columbus last night, 6 nothing. But still, for Columbus, that was a very, very poor game on their part. Uh, they hung Elvis Merzlikens out to dry. The defense in front of him was abhorrent uh, in that game. Yeah, maybe a goal or two that Elvis would have liked back, but you can't put the and most of the blame on him. Uh, the play in front of him was lousy. They didn't have the puck all night. 62-23 to 23 were the shots on goal in favor of Calgary uh, in that game last night. Uh, the team wasn't very thrilled about that. Uh, when you get outplayed in your home building, 62-23 outshot like that, uh, and you get just totally humiliated like that. It is back-to-back for Columbus uh, in this game, but no travel. They're back home, and Rangers do have two days of rest here coming into this game. But this is just one of those sneaky gut feels things for me where the New York Rangers, I think, early in this game, they're going to probably get a barrage from Columbus. You would think so anyway after what we saw from the Jackets last night. And they've got Georgiev uh, in net, not Shesterkin, and we know it's hit or miss. Uh, with uh, Alex Georgiev in that last time he started, he gave up a six spot, you know, against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. You know, he gave up five against Vegas. And then he had a couple starts where he gave up two and one to L.A. and Anaheim. But look, it's inconsistency uh, for Georgiev. And there's a there's now at the we're at the point now where he's capable. I think even night he can play well. There's been so many rough nights for him. We're at the point now where there is a drop off and maybe a steep one from Shesterkin to Georgiev when he's in that. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this spot for the Rangers, they were at home for two. They're in Columbus tonight. And then they're back home for a big game against an interconference team, Minnesota. You know, this kind of feels like this could be one of those spots where you don't get an A game from the Rangers. And I think early in the game, they could be vulnerable. And if anything, you got to expect Columbus early to be, you know, that was embarrassing last night. We got to play better than that. I like Columbus first period uh, here at the plus price in this game. I'm going to jump on that. Good situational thought. Uh, plus 140, plus 145 with the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, in the first period uh, in this game. Uh, look, do I trust Columbus? They're not the better of these two teams by a wide margin. We know that. Do I trust Columbus to be able uh, to win this game? Maybe not. I don't know if I'd pull the trigger on the full game, but first period, I would expect something out of the Jackets after giving up 62 shots and getting embarrassed 6 nothing. Uh, by Calgary on their home ice last night. So I like Columbus here a little bit, a uh, plus 145 in this game. Columbus team total is only two and a half. I know there's some people that like that in the chat. I wouldn't talk you out of it. Um, you got to hope Corpusalo plays well because he's in net for the Jackets and he's been someone that's had a pretty uh, rough season in net for the uh, Jackets. So for that reason, I'd probably lean over as well here. But I like Columbus first period. And the reason I'm worried about the over a little bit you got to think Columbus is going to really tighten it up tonight. Don't they have to? I mean, you just gave up 62 shots last night and you didn't have the puck all night. It was ugly as it gets. You got to think think they tighten it up a little bit. They try to. Um, And so for that reason, I'm kind of pumping the brakes on the over, even though I lean that way, it would be the only way I would lean from a total standpoint. But uh, the one bet for sure I've locked in and I do like this. I think it makes sense from a situational standpoint. Mm -hmm. Columbus plus 140 here uh, in the first period. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Rangers jackets. Well, you know, look, I'm going to go right with you on that. And I love them in the first period. I think they, these are, these are human beings that they have pride, you know, and that pride was crushed last night. 
they've got pride in their games and being a player and being professional, but they're going to come out in that first period like it's a playoff game to try and redeem themselves from last night. But I think they get even bigger redemption, Ian. Wait, wait. What? Do you guys hear that? It's a it's a cannon going off in the background here. That cannon's going prepared. off tonight a couple times, and I like the Columbus Blue Jackets to pull the upset here. Wow. Uh, yeah. there we, Jimmy, coming prepared here with the plus one. Uh, you can get plus 160, plus 165 yep. with Columbus for the uh, full game uh, money line here in this one. It's just it's got that feel to it, kind of like with Anaheim Boston the other night where it's, it's a jacket spot, and it's the Rangers that are coming off a couple of home wins. I want to point this out about the Rangers' wins against L.A. and Arizona. Those games were even from a shots and a chances standpoint. You're talking about the Kings, who are an okay team but not a great team, and a bottom-of-the-barrel Arizona team essentially playing the Rangers fairly even in that game from a chances puck possession standpoint. You know, that's why I think, you know, Columbus has a a puncher's chance if they bring that, you know, have some pride, intense mindset that they damn well should, you know, after that debacle last night. Andrew, what do you think here, Rangers and Jackets? There's one bet that I've locked in, Ian. We, you and I couldn't get there yesterday with our Markstrom saves, which you kind of put me on, and, and it was a great play, I thought, and I couldn't believe we didn't get there based on what happened in that game. Yeah. The storyline sets up for a perfect, I mean. They didn't have the puck enough to shoot yeah. it. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting blown out, that's like the best. I mean, don't you think that the coaches are saying throw everything you can at the net? I mean. For you and I, we almost were cheering for a game like that, hoping for just a bunch of shots at net. Anyway, in this game, I'm looking at Georgiev over 27 and a half, or 27 saves here. Uh, so I, I think we're going to go with it's we're it's take two today, Ian, with that take two. So we're going with Georgiev this time over 27 saves. As far as this game, I expect goals. No Shesterkin in, uh, between the pipes. And the funny thing is, guys, I'll be honest. It's not like Georgiev is that much like, okay, he is a little bit less than, than Shesterkin, but I always use this reference. I'm a huge Blue Jays fan, and I remember uh, there used to be some pitchers for the Jays when I was watching growing up that had one of the better, uh, you know, one of the better averages and or better pitching at ERAs. And it would always be when those guys would pitch, there was absolutely no goal support. And then all of a sudden, the guy like Stroman with a you know, uh, you know, four point two ERA would all of a sudden go out there, and the team would get seven runs for him. And yeah. it seems like this team just doesn't play well in front of Georgiev. And that's that long-winded uh, reasoning here. I think that Shesterkin, for some reason, as great as he is, the team knows he's back there. They play better when he's back there. I, I feel like this Rangers team makes more defensive mistakes with Georgiev and it makes him look bad. So maybe that's just me, but I, I think that they just play sloppier in general when it's not just Thurkin and net. So I like the over, I like goals, but Ian, let's run it back, man. Let's go with the over on saves over 27 for, uh, for Georgiev. We'll hope to see I'm on the over, but I feel like we're going to see Columbus throw everything they have at the net. All right. Yeah, exactly. Because Larson was imploring them to do that going into last night's game against Calgary. But again, the puck possession was an issue. They just uh, they didn't have a lot of it and they weren't given that easy room to find those clear, those great chances. That's the one thing the Rangers do. They give up a lot of chances. They give up areas and opportunities. They do. It's just just Sturkin's there to clean it up every single night. 
Uh, and that's why I think that it is probably worth it to look toward the Georgiev saves one more time here tonight with this Jackets team. And again, uh, Jimmy liking them first period and full game. Uh, I certainly like them first period. Do they win full game? I certainly wouldn't be laying the price with the Rangers. I'd lean Columbus full game too. Vancouver, Winnipeg. We've got uh, Winnipeg minus 170 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. That should be an interesting one. We've got a Vancouver team that it looks like there's some good news finally from the COVID protocol situation that has been uh, occurring with them. They look like they could be getting some uh, reinforcements back here uh, for this game. Now, they've already confirmed Spencer Martin uh, is going to be in net, but it looks like Thatcher Demko will be available to at least back him up tonight uh, in this game for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, which is a good sign. Uh, there's also a chance that Bo Horvat could be coming back out of protocol tonight. So there's some good news on the horizon for Vancouver. They're starting to get some bodies back. This team's been playing very much shorthanded uh, the last uh, few games, which is a good sign. We'll see uh, if that continues now moving forward. But it looks like there's some good news here. Yeah, Demko, uh, Halak, Connor Garland as well back from COVID protocol. So good news there as well. Horvat as well might be back. So it's going to be a Vancouver team that's getting closer to full strength on the other side of the fence for the Winnipeg Jets. And look, it made me really, really like that over more once I heard the news right before puck drop of that Florida-Winnipeg game the other night. You have three starting defensemen out. You know, Dylan DeMello, who's been a pretty good player in his own end. Logan Stanley, who's known more for defensive side of the puck in his own zone as well you know, being good in his own end. Uh, and of course, Josh Morrissey as well, who's good at both ends, but very good defensively too. That's three blue liners that were missing for the Winnipeg Jets against Florida. And all three might be out again tonight against Vancouver. So, and, and if you saw that Florida game, it was turnovers. It was just odd man rushes. It was just, Florida was just, just demoralizing and just doing a tap dance all over that depleted Winnipeg blue line. That is definitely something that concerns me here, especially with Winnipeg laying a buck 70. You know, all we see from this Vancouver team is a hard trying team. Spencer Martin's got a little lightning in a bottle right now with the way he's played. He's the only reason that game got to overtime. I thought Edmonton probably could have won it before that the other night, but he was magnificent in net. I do worry the more games he plays, the more teams kind of know his tendencies. And maybe, maybe he gets exposed a little bit, but so far so good. He's played very well in every start. I think Canucks are worth a shot here. A plus 150 as big road underdogs. I think it's a big price to be laying with a Winnipeg team that's not exactly lighting the world on fire at the moment with their play. They've lost five in a row coming into this game. Now, they've faced a meat grinder schedule. They played Washington, Nashville, Boston, Pittsburgh, Florida. A very tough schedule. But I think Vancouver's live here, and they're starting to get some bodies back. Uh, Garland. Uh, maybe Horvat tonight as well. Uh, they've been in every game, even the losses. Plus 150 for me, Vancouver Canucks. And I like the over again with Winnipeg. Winnipeg, you got cluster injuries, cluster absences on the blue line. That's always an over situation for me. So Vancouver and over uh, for me in this game. Jimmy, Canucks, Jets. Yeah, I, I'm liking the over in this as well. I see, you know what, Vancouver's do to really bust out, right? I mean, I, it, like, when is it? Pedersen's been so up and down. Uh, you know, I think they're due to score some goals. So I like the over here and I'm actually going to take Vancouver on the money line in this game as well. Vancouver and today, I don't know what it is. No, it's because we've seen some dogs cashing in yeah. and, or at least coming damn close to cashing in as well. And, uh, you have to factor that, that in. Old cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And Winnipeg had really dominated this head to head series. And, but now all of a sudden Vancouver's won three of the last four. 
and they won each of the first two meetings earlier this year uh, against Winnipeg as well. So, you know, to me, this is definitely a team. And the Canucks, you're right, offensively, it's been kind of disappointing. But again, they've had some key guys out. Now they yep. play a depleted, shorthanded Winnipeg blue line. In theory, this could be a night where we see a spark and we see something from the Jet, uh, from the Canucks, rather, uh, offensively. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here, Vancouver, Winnipeg? I just really don't understand the price here, guys. I like the Canucks here. You know, I, I just do not understand the price. I know Winnipeg's played some good teams recently as well. Um, but ever since that break, here's Vancouver's last several games. Florida, Tampa, Carolina, Washington, Nashville, Florida, St. Louis, Edmonton. That is not a fun schedule for anybody. So for people that were saying that Vancouver had just a light schedule during their win streak, they just played, you know, eight of some of the best teams in the league, you know, eight straight times. And I don't think Winnipeg falls under that category. So I, I like Vancouver too. Uh, not my favorite play of the night by any means, but getting some key guys back and coming off the game they had last game. Look, that was a battle, absolute battle from start to finish. And you kind of love that. Hopefully they can carry some of the momentum in there. And let's be honest, it was a good goaltending performance from both goalies, Koskinen and Martin. Um, so I feel like if Vancouver plays the way they did in this game, they'll be rewarded with more than two goals. So I think Vancouver at a pretty good pl- uh, price is the way to go here. There you go. I agree. I just think it's too inflated here on uh, Winnipeg uh, in this game. Yeah, Spencer Martin to someone in the chat asked. It's not DP. I wouldn't like Vancouver as much either if it was DP Etro and Net. He had a tough time in that one start he made. But Martin's been Martin's been more than serviceable. He's been damn good. Now, again, there's questions whether that's going to maintain itself moving forward long term. You know, the more starts, usually a guy that's a journeyman goalie, you know, the more starts he gets under his belt at the NHL level, the more he struggles. I find that's the way it goes early he catches, you know, teams off guard and he goes on a little bit of a hot streak. But then, the, you know, sometimes there's regression. Hopefully that's not tonight, but he's been very good. And yes, Ehlers, yes, definitely has been missed for the Winnipeg Jets. Goes without saying uh, he's their best forward. And he's kind of other than Connor, I think. Uh, although he's, Shifley's capable, but Shifley's been a little more inconsistent lately. Dubois had a great year, Pierre-Luc Dubois for uh, Winnipeg, but there's no question they missed Nikolai Ehlers. There's not even a doubt about that. Uh, Calgary, St. Louis. We've got St. Louis minus 140, home favorite, six the total in this one. This is basically the Monday night spot in this very same matchup. Remember, it was St. Louis at Calgary. It was St. Louis in a brutal spot. Back-to-back on the road, third road game in four nights, and Calgary just took it to them. It was a best bet for me on Monday's show. Calgary in regulation. They waxed St. Louis 7-1 to in that game. Uh, you could see it coming. It was going to be tough for St. Louis. Calgary was rested, coming off the loss to Edmonton. And then the shoe's on the other foot here. It's basically the exact same thing, except now the re- roles are reversed in this game. you got Calgary on a back-to-back uh, on the road after beating Columbus 6-0. Uh, their third uh, road game, I believe, in the, or their third game, I should say, uh, in uh, four nights for them uh, going into this matchup against a rested St. Louis team that hasn't played since uh, Monday night in that beatdown against Calgary. So short turnaround, rapid revenge for St. Louis. They're rested. They got two days off. You know, Calgary on a back-to-back here uh, in this game. And the Blues back at a place where they've been magnificent all year. 16 home wins this year uh, for the St. Louis Blues. Calgary's playing some really good hockey. So this is not a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination, but this line, which opened minus 130, and it's actually gone up, it's telling you what you need to know. There's a clear St. Louis spot. 
and it's one that I'm not going to avoid. So I like the Blues here. I'll, and instead of regulation, I'll 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 go with minus 140. I'll just take the flat money line here. St. Louis minus 140. Just feels like Monday night all over again, except now it's the Blues in the premium spot and the Flames in the tough one going into this game. Jimmy, what do you think? St. Louis hosting Calgary. I'm right with you, Ian. Uh, you know, I think it, it is. It's the reverse situation of the other night. Uh, obviously, the Blues are going to want rede- redemption in this, kind of like the Blue Jackets from uh, last night. But, I mean, the Blues get another shot at a team that just embarrassed them. Uh, I like this one a lot. Uh, give me the St. Louis Blues on the money line as well. Uh, Craig Berube, apparently, even though he know, knows it was probably a tough spot for him, uh, he didn't want to hear excuses. He says, you know, you can't compete and skate like that. All we did was defend. All they did was defend. I think 35 to nine were the shots on goal for Calgary at one point Monday night against St. Louis. Uh, you know, they just, they, they, there's another team that didn't have the puck St. Louis against Calgary uh, on Monday night. He says, there's a lot of times you're not going to have the best energy that's needed, but you got to battle through that. It comes down to digging in and competing. We did not do that. He said at all uh, on Monday night. So, you know, once again, revenge spot, they're back home. They've been magnificent, the Blues, on their home ice. So it does make sense that this should add up to them having the uh, opportunity to bounce back and pick up the win here. Uh, Andrew, uh, your thoughts, Blues versus Flames. It's funny because sometimes with these, when teams play each other so close, I like to look towards the the different total we saw happen in the first game. So under, if it went over and vice versa. But with this matchup, I just can't see anything changing. 13 goals last two games for Calgary. St. Louis at home now. Great power play. Uh, lots of shots on goal and like so many straight games for them. They've just been piling it in. Jordan Cairo and company, both those, a lot of guys on the Blues on point streaks. I think that we're going to see a, a good effort out of the Blues trying to bounce back. But more importantly, I just can't see this game being low scoring. So I'm on the over once again. I had a best bet in the show, I think, a couple days ago on over five and a half. And I'll go right back on it on the show here today with over six. Um, Jimmy talked about it, and and that that quote was kind of – I don't know what I really thought about that quote from Falk. But when it comes down to it, hey, if you don't like playing in Canada, good. You're you're, you're making it seem like it's that much of a a worse place to be. It sure looked like that because you got your ass kicked. Uh, so now you're yeah, now you're in the U.S. of A. again. Let's see if you can get back in the win column against Calgary. And by the way, Jordan Binnington was in net for that game in Calgary the other night, and he's fighting the puck right now. It's been a struggle lately for yeah. uh, Binnington in net. Billy Husso's outplayed him, and it's not a shock. Husso's the guy tonight. 8-2, and look at his numbers. 1.88 goals against average, 943 save percentage. Now that's only in 12 appearances this year. But, man, he has been uh, just an absolute rock in net for the uh, St. Louis Blues. He's won five of his last six starts. He's getting the start tonight, as you would expect, because he's, quite frankly, been the better goalie for St. Louis uh, in recent games. So, uh, Billy Husso uh, is the guy that is uh, getting it done for them right now. We'll see if he can uh, get it done again for the St. Louis Blues tonight. All right, the final game of this Thursday card, Nashville Predators, Edmonton Oilers. We've got uh, Edmonton minus 110, minus 115 home favorite, six the total in this one. I kind of lean Edmonton here. Maybe they found a little something. Maybe there's a little spark back. I mean, you got to give them credit. They started badly against um, Calgary, rallied to win 5-3. Koskinen was good in net. I thought in the Vancouver game, you can't really fault their game again. 50-27, to they badly outshot 
uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, in that game. And if not for Spencer Martin and some missed chances earlier, it, you know, it may not have even gotten overtime for Vancouver. Uh, definitely, I like what I'm seeing in terms of the game improving. The confidence is slowly starting to come back. You know, Dreisaitl starting to get his offense going. McDavid, of course, with the game winner in overtime the other night. Uh, an Oilers team that, you know, is starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you got to go through that horrendous losing streak where it kind of feels like you're never going to win another hockey game uh, to finally turn a corner. Maybe Edmonton is slowly starting to turn a corner. It's early again. It's only been two games, but definitely better things from uh, this Edmonton team uh, in the uh, last uh, couple of games uh, since they snapped that seven-game skid. I mean, you look at the uh, Vancouver game the other night. I mean, it was a 2.98 to 1.2 goals expected goals edge for Edmonton. It was significant. 13 high-danger chances for the Edmonton Oilers, three allowed to Vancouver. So they clearly deserved the win the other night against the uh, Canucks. Domination in that regard. You got the Nashville Predators that beat Saint Seattle 4-2 to two to begin their road trip the other night. I don't know if I want to put too much stock into that. Uh, you know, But they have won three in a row. They beat Winnipeg 5-2, but Winnipeg kind of struggling when they played them. They beat Detroit. Again, the weaker team. Seattle, you know, obviously having their tough times this year. Now Edmonton's got a little confidence back. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I'm close. See what the uh, lineup looks like. I think Koskinen's been confirmed in that for Edmonton. I'm actually hearing some things for Nashville that maybe they rest Soros tonight and go with Riddick, and that would really make me like Edmonton if that's the case. But even if it is Soros, you know, I think there's a potential that I could still get there with uh, Edmonton here. You're talking about even money here at home, and now they're starting to get a little swagger back again. Jimmy, what do you think here, Predators, Oilers? Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I like the, I like the rise, the form right now. The Edmonton Oilers, give me them right on that money line at pretty much even. You get pretty much minus 110. Uh, both sides yep. here uh, of this game. Edmonton minus 110 for Jimmy. Uh, Andrew, Nashville, Edmonton. Well, I kind of lean towards Edmonton here, guys, but I haven't really made an official play yet. So I don't want to talk about anything that I haven't even played small or I haven't even you know, gotten close to the window yet with. I think Edmonton will win the game. I, I like them. Um, but again, I think this is one of those games where I'm looking towards Philip Forsberg props, Roman Yossi shots on goal props, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, we talked about it yesterday, 11 shots on goal. And they're going to keep putting this guy at three and a half or four. I mean, this is one of those games where full transparency, I haven't searched towards and gotten there with my props quite yet. And I apologize for that, but I'm just not so sure on a play. I think this is one of those games where I'm going to be able to make more money in the prop market than I would have been able to side or total wise. I wanted to mention for a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi, you can get him to get an assist, and DraftKings offers that. Just betting guys to get assists, and it kind of takes away that difference in the price between a point and a goal, and it gets you about halfway there. Jesse Pugliarvi is actually kind of been turned into a setup man. People have been real hard on that guy, but I feel like you know with the guys he plays with, the talent around him, he can get you an assist at like a plus 130 price, so... Uh, that's not too bad of a price just to get an assist. You know what I might look at tonight? Because they're talking about it again. They beat Vancouver the other night, and they did play well, but they actually were down 2-0 uh, in that game to the Canucks. Everybody, McDavid and Dave Tippett, they had, they're all talking. We've got to start scoring the first goal of the game more than we have. And that's been an issue all season long 
for the Edmonton Oilers. I think tonight could be that night. You know, they got Nashville now, second game of this road trip traveling in. So that first goal of the game prop, if you can bet it, find it for Edmonton, I'd look at that potentially as a something to bet here, uh, you know, in terms of, or, you know, you could, or you could do the race to two goals, Edmonton minus 120, or uh, first goal of the game, Edmonton. Uh, I think at some point you're going to see this team finally uh, get the uh, first goal. And really, to be honest with you, they carried the play even when it was 0-0. They just couldn't buy a, a goal. Uh, against uh, Vancouver early on, but the pressure and the chances were there to lead you to think they could have scored the first goal. So maybe I look at that as well tonight, Edmonton to score the first goal uh, of this game uh, against Nashville. Great stuff, great analysis and discussion. Huge Thursday card on this Thursday, 10 games. Great job by Jimmy Murphy and Andrew McGinnis, as always. Uh, Let's wrap it up with uh, best bets here on this Thursday edition of the show. Uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? You're muted. Uh, Jimmy, you're muted. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old mute. Okay, so yeah, I was going to say I like the Edmonton Oilers, so I'm going to stay right there with that last pick. That's my best bet. All right, Edmonton minus 110, uh, best bet for Jimmy Murphy. Uh, Andrew, best bet. Best bet, let's go right back to the one that I cashed a couple days ago. Blues and Flames over the total, over six this time. There you go. St. Louis, Calgary, uh, uh, over six, minus 115. Uh, best bet here for uh, Andrew McGinnis uh, in this game with the Flames uh, and the uh, Blues. Uh, best bet for me on this uh, card. Uh, interesting slate. Looking forward to it uh, playing out. Uh, I'm going to go with that Columbus, man. First period, plus 140, plus 145 uh, against the uh, New York Rangers is what you can get with that. I think you're going to get a good Columbus early in that game. I know this has been a team I bet against lately, but I just think this makes a lot of sense after what I saw last night. No professional hockey player, and we can't, and Columbus is not a good team, but there's worse teams in the league than them. I think at home tonight, 62 shots allowed, six nothing loss. I think the first 20 minutes you get a spirited, fast start from Columbus, and hopefully that leads to them taking a lead with them. Uh, into the first intermission to cash this ticket. So Columbus Blue Jackets plus 140, first period uh, for my best bet on this Thursday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. St. Louis, honorable mention for best bet. I like the Blues too, but I'm going to go with Columbus. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Uh, Appreciate it. Hit the like button uh, on the way out uh, if you haven't done so already. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast uh, when you can't watch the show live. Uh, thanks for to everybody for joining us. We're excited to have uh, Renus Vitalins on the show as our special guest Saturday as well. So looking forward to that as well. For Jimmy Murphy and Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.